Welcome to the Prism Daily Podcast. Our hope is that by listening each day, you'll be refreshed by God's grace and encouraged in your faith. This fall, we'll be hearing each day a portion of the forthcoming audio and print book from our pastor, Chuck Ryer. Each day, Chuck will be reading through sections in concert with our sermon series on Prism Church's values. You can hear the Sunday messages on this podcast channel. Chapter 1, The Individualistic Quandary A few years back, I was honored to attend a Navy SEAL graduation ceremony for a family friend. According to the safety regulations associated with the SEALs, I can't use his name here. I'll refer to him as 003 because he was the third nephew born to my friend's family, and it has a James Bond feel to it. If you're unfamiliar with the Navy SEALs, this is how the U.S. Navy describes their mission. Quote, The Navy Sea, Air, and Land Forces, commonly known as SEALs, are expertly trained to deliver highly specialized, intensely challenging warfare capabilities that are beyond the means of standard military forces. Their missions include direct action warfare, special reconnaissance, counterterrorism, and foreign internal defense. When there's nowhere else to turn, Navy SEALs achieve the impossible through critical thinking, sheer willpower, and absolute dedication to their training, their missions, and their fellow special operations team members. A variety of books have been written and movies produced describing the intensity of the recruitment and training process used by the Navy to determine who gets to be a part of this elite military unit. However, when I got the screenshot of 003's blistered heel with the skin removed almost to the bone, it wasn't dramatized entertainment any longer, especially for his mom. Further stories came through the grapevine about him sitting in the cold ocean for most of the night, right up to the point of hypothermia. While BUDS, which is basic underwater demolition for the SEALs, is the most well-known portion of SEAL training, it comprises only 24 weeks of the very long and grueling process. This 18-month time period is one where candidates can drop out at any time or be removed for failing to reach certain objective physical standards. Before they get to BUDS, they first have to get through six weeks of Navy boot camp, then a three-week pre-BUDS preparation and screening course, followed by a three-week BUDS orientation. Once at BUDS, the first phase is eight weeks long and includes Hell Week during week four. The second eight-week phase includes basic diving training, followed by the third eight-week phase of land navigation and basic fighting skills. At this point, they've been trained and been tested for 36 weeks, and they're still nine months from graduation. During these final 36 weeks, prospective team members go through SEAL qualification training. This comprehensive next-level SEAL warfare training school tests them in every area of warfare which the SEALs serve. While the dropout rate is significantly lower during this period, numbers of candidates are dropped when they fail to demonstrate that they have the mental or physical skills needed. After 18 months of the most demanding testing known to human beings, those left receive their trident pin and graduate to become SEALs. But they still undergo another 18 months of advanced SEAL training before they are sent on their first deployment. To reach graduation is an amazing accomplishment, and I've heard many stories about the challenges faced and overcome in this process of becoming a SEAL.
My favorite story from 003 SEAL training is when on the last night of Hell Week, week four of Bud's, he and his fellow aspirants were paddling around Coronado Island in the middle of the night, cold and tired. They hadn't slept in several days, and all they'd eaten that day were notoriously bland MREs, uh, vacuum-packed military meals ready to eat. I'm not sure which would have been worse for me, eating MREs or not sleeping for multiple days. They experienced both and much more. As they paddled and tried to complete their mission, another mission of mercy had begun on shore. 003's fiancé and brother both lived in San Diego, too. One night, while 003 was freezing to death paddling in a rubber raft with his fellow candidates, his brother went to Taco Bell and bought dozens of burritos, chalupas, and gorditas. Then, in the middle of the night, the brother and fiancé began executing a plan to paddle out into San Diego Bay to meet his brother with the food. As he was preparing to get in the water, he was spotted by the SEAL security safety vehicles. When he explained who he was, the officers actually let him continue on his mercy mission. When he located his brother and his brother's fellow boatmates, he told them he was proud of them, reminded them that there were many people rooting for them, and reminded them to keep pressing on, that they were almost to the finish line and not to quit. Then he handed the bag up to his brother, told him he loved him, and paddled away. Though the food was later appreciated, 003 would say it was the words of encouragement that uplifted him and his fellow candidates most during that difficult time. 003's been a Navy SEAL for a few years now and still can't give me much detail about what he and his teammates do. I suppose that's a good thing because I would likely use that information as an illustrative story in a sermon or book. This guy is also one of the few genuine Christians in his outfit. I'm especially proud of Navy SEAL Christians because they humbly profess their need for Jesus in a hyper-testosterone-filled environment. All SEALs know that the talents they have are not sufficient to carry out the mission without others. SEALs aren't individuals. There are no Rambos. What I find great about 003 is not just that he made it through SEAL training or could snap my spine with his pinky or shoot a fly between the eyes from 100 yards or that he's brave enough to enthusiastically put his life on the line for his country. What makes me proud of him, ironically, is how humble his mission is as an individual SEAL team member. He fights to serve his country, but he also wars to promote and build up his fellow SEALs. What makes me most proud to call him a friend is that he's also engaged in a spiritual battle. It takes focus and determination to remember that his God is the one who made him big, tall, strong, smart, tough, and athletic, not to mention top gun, good looking. Therefore, he must remain humble and servant hearted toward others. There's a reason why it is difficult to be an elite fighting machine and a Christian at the same time. You've been listening to the PRISM Daily Podcast. If you would like more information about PRISM Church, please visit our website, prismchurch.com.